0: i'm here in philadelphia pennsylvania so it's it's very i'm in the i'm right on the outskirts of center city so it's still the city and uh, we're, we live in row homes um we have the international airport here so we we know the flight lines and, and what aircraft fly over i'm ex army national guard so i'm very familiar with aircraft and and all that kind of stuff um and we were driving down on a, on a during the day, um, very busy street people were driving next to us in front of us and i'm on my phone and he happened to look out to the right side as he was driving and he said oh my god what is that and i looked and there was four objects and they were flying in a two and two formation and um i was like i looked and i'm like this is weird and they were gold or like orange orbs and um i had never seen nothing like that either in my life and i'm like have you seen anything like that and he's like no um, and then as we're driving along, I try to, we're driving along at them at this point. Um, mm-hmm. and I go to take my cell phone out because I wanted to start recording this, you know, he can keep his eye on them while I mess with the phone, you know what I mean? So we don't lose them. So I go to pull my phone out and I, and it, and my phone will not unlock, <laughs> um, I had that. You, you ever see on the Skinwalker ranch, how the, how, um, do Caleb's phone will automatically? Right, and that actually happened to my phone. And my phone was brand new. I had only had it a two or three weeks at that point. And I was just on it before this happened. So I'm trying to get it, and it's not working. We finally we were coming up to a light, and they switched from a 2 and two formation into a single file, which was crazy weird. Because it wasn't like they just magically did it. It kind of just happened. And they spaced out then at that point. And we hit the light, and they started going and uh, kind of got out of a range, I guess is what I get out of it. And my phone clicked back on. I was able to unlock it. I'm like, this is weird. Um, and then all of a sudden the first one just disappears. Then the second one disappears. I get my phone on. I'm able to take one still photo of these last two objects and you can see that they're spaced out. And I had one of my team members brighten it up so you could see the objects, So you could see that we were seeing something in the sky and then boom, boom, the last two just blink out like that. They didn't fly away. They didn't zoom off. They just disappeared. And I've never seen anything like that in my entire life till this day. Neither has he. And it really weirded him out, you know, to the point where he's like, I understand why you're doing this now, (laughs) you know.
1: I think as human beings, we have gotten to a point where our global civilization believes it has uncovered all the major components that make up the nature of our shared reality. But what if our scientific and philosophical assumptions about this existence we all inhabit are not exactly accurate? Is it possible that there are things alive and intelligent beyond our own physical senses, and that these life forms, for lack of a better term, can do things that would come off as magical to primitively-minded humans who are grounded in the world of materialism. On this episode of COINTELPRO, we listen to Jesse Peake, a Pennsylvania state investigator from MUFON, who shares his stories of looking into the unknown.
0: You know, I don't think people really know the, the depth that MUFON goes into doing things either. Most people just think they're normally, you know, what you you're citing and you get help, and that's it. Um, But there's so many different arms, a part of MUFON that make MUFON what it is. Um, And most people don't even know. We have our own lab where you can take stuff and we can test it. Uh, We have our own dive team. So if anything in the water that needs to be investigated, we can send our dive team out there. Um, We also have our star team, which is like our special strike team that gets out there within 24 hours if anything major happens, such as a crash or any kind of retrieval. Um, and then we have the experience resource team, which is what I do working with experiencers and the sighting stuff. Um, and there's also other parts of it too, where our CAG team, um, and other, other different things where we're all this, we know, MUFON started back in 69. So a lot of the stuff was all through paper. So we're in the process of still taking all that paper and digitalizing it. So it can be in the database for people to use. And now we're actually within this year, hopefully by the, by the summertime, maybe end of the year, Mufon's is going to be dropping out uh, its new app uh, that you can get on your phone. And it actually works as a tool. It has all the different um, you know, heavens above and different things you can use on, on a field investigation, but it also has the database on there as well. Um, so it's going to be you know, state of the art. And one of their big projects right now is Project Aquarius, which is bringing all of the different organizations from around the world together in one place to share their data. And what that'll do, it'll it'll be the largest translatable database in the world. Um, and no no organization is giving up their name or anything. What we're doing is just sharing the data, which is what is supposed to be to get to the public. Now that I'm on the ERT and working with experiencers, um, that's probably really opened my eyes to how deep this actually goes and and how far. And how, how much people actually go through um, that you don't realize on the outside until you actually start working with these individuals. Um, but I've had people that you know, on, on especially one major case that I did, and I'm working on a second one. But um, this lady, she was you know she was being attacked in her own home. Um, different. She would uh, she got EMF readings, um, which I'm very familiar with an EMF reader, and and she had someone come in and take the readings. They were extremely high. Um, she has video of energy like balls coming through her home and she's actually re- recorded these and sent them to me. Um, and I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. Um, just like, it's kind of looks like static in a photo, but kind of moving along in the video and, and it's pretty intense. Um, and then you, she's got tons of different pictures of UFOs outside and she's waking up in the morning, um, feeling ill. She wakes up to uh rashes on her body, marks okay. on her body, claw marks, um, and it's not just something that's happening once in a moon. this is happening on a daily basis so and and you can hear the tremble in someone's voice when they are not when they're experiencing something this this terrible and <laughs> Um and don't get me wrong not all experiences are malevolent um, there are some really good experiences out there but this one just happens to be like that and when you and and she's had implants Um, one's underneath of her skin to the point where they do stick out and they're enlarged and she can actually move the implant underneath of her skin and move it. Um, and to just hear that and not let alone being able to see videos or or photos of this kind of stuff. It's, it really, um, is mind blowing. And then seeing the marks left on people's bodies, like the X's and, um, different, uh, it'll be like a lot of the times what I see is these three points and it's in a triangular formation. Um, one of the people I worked with, she actually had this done to her years ago, and it was, it was probably about um, six inches, all, like all the way around, and it was a triangle with these dots. And then years later, recently, when she reported to us, you could still see the scars. And then next to that one was a tinier one that she just recently got. It's 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 crazy, and it's like we try to figure out what does this mean, like what is the purpose of this, you know? Um, and it's 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 pretty crazy stuff, man she has seen uh, entities when she's being she was taken a couple times obviously, Um, and uh, yeah she was taken up into a craft uh, put on to most people always describe the metal slab of table like they're in a a hospital or emergency room and um, poked and prodded and and, you know has seen different types of beings which is interesting sometimes usually we always see the greys doing the hard works most of the time Uh, not all the time but um, and then usually we'll have one other type of creature or et um that is controlling everything but she has actually been in contact with a bunch of different kinds so i'm not sure if if it's just one specific species that's um visiting her or if she's been visited by multiple you know um it's, it's a it's a big case for sure um and this has been going on for some time now so it's you know and, and these people have nowhere else to go for this that's the thing, and I don't think people realize that. Like, if it wasn't for MUFON, a lot of these people would have nowhere to go, no one to talk to. <laughs> um, so it's it's pretty crazy. Um, so she has had the cabinets open after she has put them back, uh, closed them, um, and then she'll walk out into the other room. She'll hear a noise come back out, and the cabinets will be open again. Um, also, when she goes out to smoke a cigarette at night, what looks like to be the moon she believes is this craft and I've seen photos of it and it's it's kinda hard, but you could see that it's not the moon, it's some kind of other object in the sky. And it actually comes in and, and will get close to her and watches her when she comes outside. Every night she smokes a cigarette and these and she sent me I'm going to say probably over 50 to a hundred photos of different objects and different things in her home videos of, of this, this electricity moving through her home. Um, and and it distorts things. And then she starts having electrical malfunctions in the home, which is another project that I started on the side, but with her, with her case, she's having the TV malfunction shut off on her, or a lot of the time the batteries on her phones will die. Um, and she's, I mean, she's she's the one case where I've actually seen just about everything that you can imagine happening one to one person is happening to her. So I would say that I, you know, I guess when I first got involved with this stuff, you know, I thought it was either, you know, I, I watched a lot of ancient aliens and stuff and, and, you know, I figure, you know, I always believe that we're being visited. There's no doubt in my mind that something is visiting us. There's too many Earth-like planets and, and uh, galaxies out there to, for us to be the only type of life. Uh, so, you know, I mean, over time, I've had my own close encounter experiences over a long period of time, um, between last year and, uh, yeah began early last year and then i guess it was the end of the year before that into that um so when that really started happening uh things really changed my mindset about it and really opened me up to the possibilities of all this i I mean of everything being possible i mean interdimensional um you know everything you could possibly think of every rabbit hole that you could go down in this field it's it's possible and and i have no doubt in my mind about that and there's you know, when I had my experiences, I was extremely scared and uh, did not know how to react. I think most people, when they say, "Oh, well, yeah, if I see an alien or an ET," you know, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I would, uh, you know, it'd be a cool thing. But I don't think when you you realize how how deep and how 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 much feeling and emotion goes through your body when when you first see something like this that you thought that you thought you knew all this time where you thought it might look like this or, or, you know what I mean? And it finally happens to you and you're completely scared out of your mind and you don't know how to react. Um, and that's kind of what happened with me. Um, I've had some visitation um, in my room with my animals in my room. And my animals can see whatever this is, but I cannot. Um, uh, I've done some things to set some things up to make sure I'm, I wasn't going crazy <laughs> um, oh. because you do question your sanity when it starts happening. You're like, am I really seeing this or is, or am i just going crazy am i getting too deep into the ufo subject and this is happening? No. well you start setting things up to see if maybe you got some footprints or some or handprints and things happen and you get that that evidence for yourself and you realize you're not going crazy and then you meet other experiencers who tell you the same thing and then it's mind-blowing and then i also had some remote viewing done so that actually helped a lot um you know i was always really sketchy about you know, remote viewers and, and not knowing if they were really telling the truth about things, and so when I had my situation remote viewed, I kind of didn't tell the details of where it was happening at or you know what was happening to me. And when I and when she remote viewed me, um, she bought my room up. She knew the exact location of where my activity was happening, um, and that that made me a, a believer of that anything is possible in this field. I'm really in the process of, uh, I'm writing a book for Philip Mantle, um, for his line, this press right now coming out next year. Um, and it's going to have like everything from my lifetime in it, but the main part of what really got it going to make me realize how long this has been happening, um, was that, that period between last year and the year before that, um, you know, I would go up in my room and my cat, you know, she sleeps with me. She comes in my room and, it, it was weird because they say when you when you start investigating or looking into the field and you get so deep at a point, it's kind of like putting your own antenna up and kind of being like, hey, I'm open to this, you know? And uh, I think that's kind of what happened because I was so involved, so in depth with everything and I was helping other people too. So um, I kind of had that antenna up and I would go up to my room at night and, you know, I'd be sitting there and usually my cat would come up and lay with me and love me and, and For these, for like a good week straight, she'd be sitting at the end of the bed and she'd be staring at something like as if somebody was walking around my room or doing something. I just thought it was really weird. Um, So I would bring her in all the time from that point to to see if, you know, is she really looking at something or or not. And then during that period, um, I was being woken up in the middle of the night being pushed into the wall or my foot being grabbed and pulled down. Um, And it wasn't just like someone tapping you and just waking you up gently. I mean, I was being shoved from my back to the point where I would hit the wall. My fingers would get (laughs) crammed into the wall and I'd wake up with a sore hand in the morning, bruised, Um, things like that. And then my foot would be grabbed on and scratched. Um, So that happened for some time. And then I kind of realized that something was happening. And, and my cat was, because they say that cats can see on a different frequency than humans can see. So they can see things that we can't. So she was seeing whatever this was. And I just was not aware of it. Um, and so this happened for some time and I, and uh, it was really getting to the point where it was upsetting me. Um, so then I, I, Thought I start, I thought I, I was like, I'm going crazy. There's no way that this is really happening to me all of a sudden. And what's it going to sound like when I tell other people, oh, I investigate stuff. And now all of a sudden this happened to me. I'm going to sound like I'm a liar. I'm going to sound like I'm just going out to try to get attention. So I said, I, gotta, I think I'm going crazy. So I'm going to set some things up. So I went out and I got this really, um, it's like memory foam stuff. And so, you know, when you touch it, it leaves imprints on it. Um, so I had that and I would sleep with that. And when I would get pushed, I would check the memory phone. And in the memory phone, there was a huge, the, the huge handprints. One's like I've never seen before to where the, the, I mean, the hand was like double the size of my hand and I had. And the fingers would be super long. So that happened. And that kind of made me realize like something is going on. And I finally said something to my parents and um, my dad looks at me and he says, Oh my God. He said, that's so weird because that's been happening to me. I've been getting pushed in the middle of the night and waking up thinking I'm dreaming. And I'm like, this is weird now. Now it's not just me. It's my dad as well. Somebody who's always been a skeptic, but just never has realized this might be happening to him too. Um, So then I was like, you know, it's time to get some professional help. And that's when I had the lady remove view the situation. Now I didn't tell her about the handprints, You know what I mean? I just told her I was being pushed. I told her, I didn't tell her where it was happening. It was happening in my room and wherever they were coming from, it was from my closet area, which is at the end of my bed, uh, at the end of the room. Um, And she removed you the whole situation and said, there is a portal that opened up in your closet and something is coming through. She said, I've been doing this work for a very long time. And I've never seen a being that looks like the being that I'm seeing come to visit you. She said, it's extremely tall, extremely sickly skinny to the point where it has very, very long fingers and long nails. And this being is trying to get your attention to show you something. She's like, and the place that he's trying to show you is a, a mountain or a hill with a river or a lake at the bottom of it. I have no idea what this means. I, you know what I mean? Nothing, nothing at all. And, um, i was so scared to the point where i had asked this thing to stop coming (laughs) stop doing this and it finally did um after a while so it did stop and then she told me this stuff and then i've also after that time met i recently did an interview about a month ago and i told the same story to the the crew that was interviewing me um and the one girl that was on there, had just interviewed someone the week before and she when she was interviewing this person. There was a picture on the wall behind them and it kept grabbing her attention the entire show. And it was a picture of a mountain with a river at the bottom. So it was like, I was supposed to meet her for her to tell me this stuff. And she's somehow linking this into we were supposed to meet because she is an abductee as well. So, and she's had lifetime contact. So then a couple weeks later, she sends me a picture. And she's at a food truck vendor thing, like a food truck party, a bunch of food trucks. And on the side of the one truck, it says Peak. And it says whatever else. And my last name is Peak. <laughs> and on, in the background of the picture of where it says Peak is a mountaintop peak with a river or lake at the bottom. And this is just getting weirder and weirder. And I'm still trying to figure this out because... <laughs> I have no idea what all this means and how somebody else could see this kind of stuff that I'm seeing and being told. And uh, it's honestly, I'm still working through it and trying to figure out what I'm trying to be told. And and I've been having these dreams along with that of being at this place with a mountain or a lake. But every time I have this dream, it's a different set. I'm either at this place going camping with my family and there's a, a mountain and a river and we're just camping off the lake. Other times I'm back in basic training and we're doing tightrope over the lake from the mountainside. And I, I don't know why I keep going back to this place, why I'm supposed to be showing it, why I was supposed to meet her mm-hmm. in this. It doesn't make sense to me and I, and I just don't know. Some people cannot handle this at all. <laughs> to even think about it or have the conversation, they break down. <laughs> And I've seen people do that before and they're like, I can't even have this conversation and they completely shut it down and walk away. And then there's other people you bring it up to and they're really up-minded about it. And they're like, I'd really like to hear this. Do you know how many people since I started doing this have come forward, to tell me their stories in my family that I've never heard once in my entire life. You know what I mean? And now that they're interested in it, I have family friends that, that really aren't my friends. They're my parents' friends. They're so interested in it that they come to the conferences now with me or stuff that I'm doing to get to learn more about this. So, you know, there are some people out. There's enough people that, that want to know and that are open-minded about it to to get the ball rolling on whatever needs to happen next. <laughs> um, it's just uh, not It's not going to be the – I mean, they already kind of did do the White House lawn thing where they flew over the White House, but – I mean, and then, you know, I always question, well, what more do you need? You ask for that, it happens and it's still not good enough for you. Now the government has come out and said they're real. I mean, I think a lot of people too, like when they go hunting or they go on different camping expeditions, you know, they run into different weird portals or ley lines that they're just aligned with. And things tend to happen that they didn't even think would happen. And uh, that's where a lot of these stories come from, you know. People bump into it by accident. You know, I mean, how many think about all the missing four hundred one people that at this there's something to that. People are not just disappearing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've seen some of the the crazier stories that he's done where these people have been there, but it's like they're not on the same timeline at all you know they're leaving traces of of their gear and the last place that people were seen were 50 yards from the freaking single house home where people live and the guy died there you know what i mean they find bones years later so something's weird there's some kind of time shift or timeline that they're being exposed to or portal and this stuff
1: is happening and it's real <laughs> people don't realize it
0: how real it is
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of COINTELPRO. I will put several links to Jesse's work in the show notes if you wish to learn more about what he's doing. In addition, the full uncut hour of this interview, which includes our entire conversation, will be up on our Patreon feed if you're interested in hearing that. And lastly, just remember, it's possible that reality is far stranger than we can fathom.